we are going to dive right in to a conversation about the environment. And maybe, you know, uh, you recognized Earth Day this week and, uh, and you know, made you think about uh, kind of what's around you and all the things that you can do to kind of reduce your footprint. Uh, well, we are here to, um, you know, to have that conversation here and we've got plenty of time to do it. And so I'm going to uh, welcome to the microphones here, uh, Honey Stemka. She is the executive director of the uh, Environment Erie. Welcome, honey. Thank you, Joel. And Leanne Sestak. She is the director of communications and community development for Environment Erie. Great, great to have you here, Leanne. Thanks for having us. All right. So uh, this is a family show. We like to get origin stories. Tell us. How you got to Erie? Are you, did you grow up here, honey, or, or are you a transplant? I am a transplant. Okay. So like many people that I talk to in the community, particularly women, uh, in our travels uh, across you know the world and life, we have met someone who is from Erie, and we moved here from Minnesota in 2011. Okay, so you're a Minnesota person. Well, I Originally. actually, I know mm-hmm. a little bit, uh, grew up actually just south of here in Butler County, okay. Pennsylvania. Uh, so this is kind of home-based. Kind of. Uh, however, yeah. I didn't, like, unlike a lot of people from the Pittsburgh area, I didn't grow up coming here. To, to the beach. Yeah. And, okay. Um, but have lived all over the country. Actually met uh, my husband, who grew up uh, in Mill Creek Township okay. in North Carolina. And after the, several moves, we are here and we are staying. That's um, fantastic. Yeah. Ready to do so. All right. So when you're in Butler, do you go to Kennywood or do you go to Waldemere County Lake Park? Like, oh, gosh. Let's see. Um, growing up young. I went to Conneaut Lake Park, yeah. Cedar Point, mm-hmm. um, Kennywood, here and there. Okay, uh, but now we are we are solid Watermere. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> See, uh, it's interesting that kind of you know where where's the uh, compass point to mm-hmm. you know where's the magnetic attraction? How about how about you? Uh, 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 Leanne, uh, did you grow up here or are you a transplant? I grew up here. All right. Um, I grew up in Harbor Creek, actually. Okay, a husky. Yes. Terrific, yeah. Absolutely. Every day. Um, <laughs> Every day. <laughs> and now uh, my husband and I actually bought a house in the city of Erie. So. Okay, cool. So uh, what made you decide about the city of Erie? I mean, it is, it is, uh, was that your first home? Or? Yes. Okay, so it's a great place to have a starter home. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but were there other ideas and choices about that did you want to be close to town we looked all over the county actually and we just settled um we're in the corner do you guys know where nunsies is absolutely we live over that way so i could actually walk to dinner and to breakfast i think that was a key (laughs) point (laughs) accessibility to nunsies that's a new one accessibility to a lot of things actually where we are yeah. yeah yeah you know if you want to um get a really good hike in or go to go to Wintergreen Gorge. You're really we're pretty real, close. We're super close. I actually yeah. grew up playing around there. I remember it before the Bayfront Parkway mm-hmm. was put in. Actually, yeah. my son is uh, used to run for Barron, and so that's kind of that that route mm-hmm. is uh, 38th Street, and then all the way to Barron on that on that trail. I love walking Barron. It is such a gorgeous campus. All right, well let's let's get let's get an idea of where we stand right now. Okay, so what when I say you know what is the state of the environment? Uh, in Erie, Pennsylvania, honey, what would you say uh, is the case? Are we holding our own? Are we improving or are we slipping? Are we backsliding? I would say we're a work in progress. Uh, 
Right, because if you think of the environment, yes, we have the lake, and the lake is no longer an area of concern, but there's always work to be done. We have to do everything in our power, and not just us as environmentary, but as us as citizens of Erie County, Pennsylvania, to do what we can to protect the quality of that lake. But there are so many other aspects to the environment here. We have such rich and positive natural capital um, throughout the county that um, there's there's many partner groups besides just us working on different aspects of the environment. All right, so you, um, let's get a little bit of background on Environment Erie. Uh, you were uh, originally known as, uh, it, it came from a merger of Earth Force and the PLEWA, can you explain that? Yeah, sure. So backtracking uh, many decades, actually, you have the Benedictine sisters. Okay. Um, they are they are mothers of environmentary. So they started Earth Action many decades ago. I remember that. Yeah. Yes, and then they also started Pennsylvania Lake Erie Watershed Association, which is the PLUA that you referenced. Okay. And so did work for around Erie for decades related to the environment. And then in 2010 said, you know what, we're doing a lot of similar things. Why don't we merge these organizations and out was birth environment Erie. Okay. And so we have kind of carried on legacy programming for many years um, that they had had started decades, decades ago. Now, is environment Erie kind of uh, a, um, what what I want to say, is it, is it a, is it a organization that's kind of recognized by the state to do certain things? You know how many organizations are kind of the the organization of note uh, for this uh, program or that program? Is that the case with Environment Erie at all? or Not necessarily. We do get some of our funding from the Department of Environmental Production through their Growing Greener program okay. uh, to do some of our stormwater work that we do, revitalization and remediation. However, we are not solely recognized by the state, at least not at this point, for one particular thing like so, a secret so, grant would so be. So you're, you're, you're fully a nonprofit organization that just mm-hmm. their, your mission is all about uh, saving the, our little slice of the earth, right? Yes. Um, it, 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 um, the, so explain your mission. I mean, what, what, uh, what is the, what is the mission statement and, and how do you go about it? Yeah. So right now our mission statement is really, we're committed to the sustainability of our county's natural resources through restoration, revitalization and education. And how do we do that? Right. Mm-hmm. So we have K through 12 educational programming. So we're in, um, Every school district, except for two across the county, doing work. Um, we work with the students uh, at the Tom Ridge Environmental Center, but we also work with them at their school sites on service learning projects. And those vary, and we can kind of talk about that mm-hmm. further on in the program. We also do adult educational programming right now. Some of your listeners may be seeing out on the interwebs and maybe even have participated in our composting workshops where they learn about backyard composting and reducing their environmental footprint that way as well as our stormwater workshops, which our participants receive a rain barrel, and then how, how nice. do they harvest rainwater, right? Uh, we also do watershed protection and revitalization efforts, and then just overall promotion of environmental sustainability and stewardship throughout the entire county, whether it's in the public sphere or in the private sphere. Do you feel that there, there's a role as a kind of a lobbyist, especially to the municipal level, to, to for people to... Hey, think about the environment when you make these decisions or or are we already kind of is that already baked into our our uh, our um, ordinances and our laws coming from Harrisburg? 
Uh, we uh, so currently we are undergoing strategic planning. So actually, we've talked about our mission a little bit. We envision that changing. Um, we'll, maybe we'll be back on in the fall after we've gone through yeah. finished our process to talk about kind of how environment area is evolving. But we are hearing as we do focus groups. Uh, and are out in the community talking with people that this is a space in which people are looking for guidance. Help us understand how to advocate better for the environment, whether it's at the municipal level, at the county level, at the statewide level, or even maybe at the federal level. And so we're exploring what that might look like for environment here in the future. So, yeah, you can, you can see where our, our people want to have uh, that total awareness, kind of that, that whole holistic mm-hmm. approach when you're doing development, because there's a lot, uh, Leanne, there's a lot to, at stake right now as as we're kind of trying to refill in uh, our urban core and build that up and mm-hmm. and uh, maybe stop some of the sprawl that we've seen. Uh, but you know, um, when somebody says, "Hey, I want to do a, um, I want to do a new uh, development that's going to take over farmland." Um, you don't hear too much pushback out there other than maybe at the, at the zoning uh, hearing board, right? I mean, they're, they're really, uh, this is kind of a, this land is my land, this is land is your land kind of approach in, in Pennsylvania where, where the homeowner is kind of, or the landowner is kind of king. Um, uh, but there's more at stake. You know, you talked about uh, stormwater uh, runoff and, and uh, we've had folks on from uh, what was our that that first show, Shani, that we did about agriculture and, and talking about you know uh, you know some some of the runoff from from the farmlands and things like that to keep uh, to keep things clean. Um, uh, the yeah. Good recall. I you're right. I yeah. don't remember. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> was it the PA well, vine program? Well, it was it was the um, uh, it was the the fellow with the. Anyway, uh, Erie well, County who, Conservation District. Conservation District, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So that's their program. Yeah. For so, sure. Okay. With DEP. With DEP. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's things that are happening. Mm-hmm. But all that to say to you, Leanne, you know, I mean, this stuff is important that people need to get this at top of mind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, this time of year, it's April. It's, we just had Earth Day on Monday. It's Earth Week for those who go all out. <laughs> or Earth Month. <laughs> or Earth Month. Um, so we just hosted, oh, golly. Uh, We hosted one of our stormwater workshops um, and we partner with the county, the Erie County Department of Planning. Mm -hmm. They bring out these gorgeous maps. Um, We lay out the Erie County watershed and we say, hey, come find your watershed. Because sometimes people forget what happens on land affects water. Sure. And sometimes people think, oh, I can't see the lake. There's no way what I'm doing is impacting it. Absolutely. You are. No matter where you are, you're impacting water in some way, shape or form. Um, We have... Honey Stemka, she's the executive director of Environment Erie. Leanne Sistak, uh, the director of communications and community development. And I'm talking too fast, and I'll, I'll pronounce these correctly. Anyway, uh, we're we're gonna we're we're talking about the environment. Uh, we're all concerned, right? We're all concerned about how our air is, how our water is, our land. Uh, we want to leave. Uh, it, it's it's kind of like that 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 rule: leave leave the space better than you found it. You know, whether it mm-hmm. is. Uh, uh, the the park bench or whether it is your county, you know, uh, and so let's talk about that. You do a lot with uh, with education, and you touched on that. You're really trying to, you know, kind of instill these values uh, with with the children. So talk about um, some of your approaches and some of the really the big wins that you're seeing 
at, at the educational level in the school districts and things. Yeah, absolutely. So we deeply believe that we are cultivating the next generation of environmental stewards. Um, I mentioned before that we're currently going through strategic planning. Uh, while we know some things perhaps will change with the organization, youth education is going to stay and we're actually looking to kind of up our game with youth education. Historically, um, we facilitated what have been called youth training days, which means that we bring students from across the county out to the Tom Ridge Environmental Center. We pick an environmental topic. We bring subject matter experts from partner organizations and other entities across the county in to help educate them on that particular topic. We get them excited about making positive change in the environment. They go back to their schools, look at their schools, analyze them and say, you know what, I, we want to do a recycling project. We want to mm. do a rain garden. We want to do X, Y or Z as it relates to improving the environment at our schools. And then we help facilitate those projects. And it's not environmentary saying like you should do this or you should should do that. It's really student led service learning projects. And then we help them facilitate those projects. And we've had a couple of schools, Joanna Connell Elementary School in the city of Erie, an Iroquois elementary uh, out in Iroquois uh, that have been multi-year, multi-phase projects that we've helped with over the years to do rain gardens. Um, we're actually looking at wetland restoration, a variety of things to really engage the students, um, not just in their school building, but in their kind of greater school environment. And, and you're seeing too, uh, you know, bubbling up uh teachers that are dedicated to this kind of earth when when i was in school it was earth science but you know this this environmental science I, I, my my children went to collegiate and so there's uh, there's a whole green team at mm -hmm. collegiate and they've they've won awards for some of the things that they've come up with and uh, and all throughout uh, their the roof you see all of the different uh, things whether it's uh, solar panels or or uh, or green greenhouses or so on and so you're just kind of seeing that bubbling up across the county aren't you yeah absolutely so we primarily a lot of our work is we say k through 12 and we have worked with Doreen Petrie at collegiate mm -hmm. she is such a champion for the environment has done a lot there at collegiate uh, but a lot of our work is in the elementary interesting level. okay um, and what you're hearing from teachers right uh, the conundrum of we can we can get to the math we can get to the language arts and the reading um, Occasionally we get to the sciences, we don't get to the environmental sciences, the earth sciences as much. Can you can you help us? Yeah. How can you enhance that? And so we're looking as we evolve how we work with students, actually developing curriculum um, that align with state standards and all of those things that we can then go in and help facilitate. So it's not on the teachers to try and shove one more thing uh, into gotcha. their day, but how can we build up where uh, sustainability squads or green teams um, engage the students more that uh, you know wrap in the stem or the steam um, so we're really looking to develop that and, and kind of grow that and reach more students because I talked about our youth training days yeah. we're limited um, logistically by busing um, that there is transportation costs there and there's an environmental impact right when you think right. about trying to get <laughs> all of those students even though you're bringing them out to an environment use a private center. jet to get the kids exactly. to learn about exactly. the environment okay yeah um, a little bit of a footprint issue yeah there. so there's a footprint <laughs> issue there um, but there's also a capacity issue okay. as 
well, the Tomridge Environmental Center, those classrooms are highly utilized. And so we're trying, we want to get this message out and do this work with more students in the county. So we're actually looking to kind of change up our program. Um, And so, like I said, in the fall, we should talk about it. I was going to say, can you do an environmental class in a box where you go to them and you just eliminate Yes, that's exactly what we're developing. Um, Making them grade-specific, age-specific, really experiential and hands-on, extending that beyond just the popping into the classroom one time, but how do we then um, grow those green teams at Mm -hmm. the schools, have them take a look at their interior built environment, their exterior environment on the school, the school grounds, and maybe how does that extrapolate out then into the community in which their school is situated so one more question about uh, education do you do you think that there's opportunities there for you know student teachers that are maybe coming up from uh from edinburgh or gannon or so on where where they're focused on you know maybe they're science teachers or they're or you know or they're biology teachers or so on but as in their student in their student uh, teaching and they do when they do their uh um their experience part of that you know being a being part of your team, you know, that kind, would of, be, kind of having like a, a fort, a green force yes. that comes in and invades a school. Absolutely. Um, so I'm just, I'm just blue skying with you because this is pretty important stuff. It know? is. It is. And actually, so I mentioned at the top of the show that I migrated here uh, from from Minnesota where I ran a program, a K through 12 program in the schools. So basically it was a completely different topic, but the model worked and the model still works. It's worked well for over a decade in wow. the school system out there. So we're basically taking that model out there that uses community members, that uses teachers and training. And we're swapping out that subject matter with this environmental education subject matter and, Very and then cool. taking it to the schools. All right. Talk about your camp while we have a, a, like a minute or two left before the news. The uh, Eco Explorer Camp. Doesn't that sound fun? It does. It sounds like I need a beanie for that. <laughs> if you want. Uh, we need to capitalize on an adult equivalent because we tell parents how fun it is. Yeah. And they're excited. So Eco Explorer Camp historically this is gonna sound wild but we hosted one or two camps so one or two week sessions and now this summer we're hosting nine. Oh my goodness yeah. <laughs> land talk, air and water so say, talk about ramp up there you yeah know. so we're theming it land air and water there'll be uh three weeks of land camp three weeks of air camp and three weeks of water camp throughout the entire summer and what's very interesting about our camp is most camps have one geographic area right you start in at the camp, you know, say you go out to Asbury Woods, right? Your camp is at Asbury Woods. Our camp start in, starts and ends at Tom Ridge Environmental Center, but we are a traveling camp. We're going to be doing mm. service learning projects, engaging in activities across the entire county. And so we can probably talk a little bit more about some of the specific experiences after so the you're next So go- you're going across the county. Mm-hmm. We are, we are. So you'll find us possibly up at Howard Eaton Reservoir. Huh. Um, we're going to be engaging in some microinvertebrate investigation with um, a freshwater biology professor at Gannon University. So the children will be in the streams and the creeks gathering um, samples and then they're taking them back to Gannon and analyzing them. Uh, we're going to be doing, uh, oh gosh, I'm trying to think. Beach cleanup. Beach cleanup. Okay. Trail yeah. maintenance, wetland yeah. restoration. And, and that's for kids uh, what what age? 11 to 15. Okay. Yeah. We're talking to Honey, uh, oh honey Stemka and Leanne Sistak, uh, Sistak from the Environment Erie Group. Uh, I hope that you stay with us here as we uh, we're already halfway through our conversation, but there's more ahead uh, right here on the Joel and Natalie show. 
Let's take a break and let's go to Ben Ryder from Kingdom Financial Group. How you doing this afternoon, Ben? I'm doing good, Joel. It's uh, sunny here in downtown Erie and the trees are blooming, so everything's better in life right now. <laughs> That's for sure. That's right. So, hey, you know, the, the environment comes up surprisingly often in our industry. Through financial planning, our office helps our clients develop investment portfolios. And one question we hear often is, what type of companies are we investing in? Two common investment concerns that I come across are biblically responsible investing, or the acronym BRI, and then another one is ESG, the acronym for environmental, social, and governance investing. An increasing amount of people today would like to know if their investments are supporting companies that are taking care of the environment. And today, it is possible to find and invest in companies that we all can feel good about supporting. At our office, we want each of our clients to know how their money is invested and if they can feel good about where their money is going. That sounds tremendous. Yeah, we, it's, what is that? Social investment uh, strategies, right? Being, being aware of, of where that money and who you're supporting is absolutely important. I appreciate that. That's Ben Ryder from Kingdom Financial Group, a practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. You can get a hold of him at 814-836-5234 or visit 652 West 6th Street in Erie. We're focused today on our environment here in Erie County. We have the experts, Honey Stumpka, she's the executive director of Environment Erie, Leanne Sistak, and she's the executive uh, director of communications and community development. When you say community development, what de- community are you developing? We're developing Erie County. Um, okay. We've done several projects actually within Erie, the city of Erie specifically. We actually just got an award for it. Oh, good. The Governor's Award of Excellence for our collaborative project that I called Reclaim Erie. We worked with five neighborhood organizations to reclaim a lot uh, within each neighborhood. And each lot is as unique as the neighborhood itself. There is neighborhood input as to what should be at each of these lots. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the name Westerdahl Park. No. That's one of our newest creations that was in collaboration with our West Bayfront. Okay. Um, That used to be um, an old grocery store, but it has then it became a blighted property, and it has been since demolished and now turned into this parklet. There's a little walkway, there's a bench, there's a little free Where's ride. Where's that at? Uh, Fourth and Poplar. Yes. Okay. Very cool. So it, one of the- I love what's going on in West Bayfront. You know, and again, mm-hmm. they're they're rebooting the Bayfront Park itself. Right? Yes, so, they are. Yeah. Bayview Park. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Um, we 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 got a couple. I mean. And this is actually unusual for our show that okay. that we were getting getting advanced questions, people knowing that you're coming and they <laughs> want to know. So, you, you know, the environment is really, really important to uh, most people that live in Erie County. Again, they they want to be uh, environmentally conscious. And so I want to ask you a couple couple quick mm-hmm. questions so we can kind of help folks understand what's going on. So one of the one of the questions was about trees. And I've noticed this, too. It seems like everywhere you go in the last six months, there's clear cutting or lots of cutting of trees that is happening at different locations and seemingly for different reasons. And I'll and I'll just list a few of them. You know, uh, of course, uh, big in the news has been the the trees that were cut down uh, along the median on I-79 between like McCain and, and on south. And mm-hmm. I think it actually goes past uh, Edinburgh in some places uh, into Crawford County. So there's that. There's the trees that were cut down in um, 
what is I guess an arboretum, which is uh, which is Frontier Park, and so you're like, huh? They're cutting down trees in the arboretum, and and, and then of course, um, uh, I just heard today that uh, there's trees coming down in Gridley Park, which is you know uh, that uh, second park on the west side, again in the R West Bayfront neighborhood, mm-hmm. uh, across from uh, Emerson Gridley School, and the trees are coming down in that park, and so. Uh, can you give us some data or any reasoning why trees might be coming down all around us? Is it just that they we let people, things go and now we have money to to take care of the of the of some of the blighted trees or what's going on? Um, well, from what we've heard first, as it relates to seventy nine, uh, I think the official statement from PennDOT had something to do with safety yeah. along the lines of when car- that was a high. Uh, traffic accident area perhaps and okay. when people go off the road uh accidents injuries damage was more extensive as a result of them also plowing into the trees kind of a safety um, zone issue yeah, yeah safety zone issue um so that was the official s- statement from PennDOT. we don't have any other information regarding that specifically um, but it, it's 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 unusual though that they had a clear cut all the way I, through. Yes, the we median. would absolutely agree. That doesn't. I mean, if you look at kind of and right, I don't <laughs> I don't want to call necessarily from Penda, but yeah. if you look at the geography of a lot of that that stretch of highway, it does it makes you do, kind of raise an eyebrow, right? Um, to you, when you go off the road, you almost you go down and then you kind of have to go up a slight um, incline possibly to hit the trees. So yeah, clear cutting them clear across that entire median in our minds doesn't necessarily make sense. Um, however, right. Uh, yeah. Um, we say perhaps uh, it makes a nice uh, now segue uh, for high speed rail to be just put down that corridor very easily. You've gotten rid of the trees. Now you can just stick a high speed rail line from here to Pittsburgh and bada boom, bada bing. There we go. One um, more one more check in the uh, the Green New Deal, right? Yeah, yeah. there one we go. One more checkbox. Yeah. But what, what about what's going on in Frontier Park? There was some there was some disease. Yes. Yeah. So the city arborist, Sarah Galloway, um, because she was getting a lot of phone calls and yeah. emails and concerns. Um, so she let us know, uh, because we were also getting those same questions, that a lot of those trees, specifically along the Bayfront Parkway there, uh, were diseased. And in order to stop the disease from spreading, they had to come down. Okay. In addition to that, there were a few invasive species in there um, that were never kind of taken care of or maybe identified um, early on um, in their growth. Um, so now, right, it looks particularly alarming because a significant number of trees have come down. However, I will tell you, in relation to that specific project, they are going to plant new trees. I don't have any information related to that um, in regards to, to PennDOT. Perhaps, you know, they could plant a nice pollinator swath and yeah. on the median. Uh, that would be far less well, damaging to cars. I, well, And I would think uh, they would definitely want to plant something to keep the soil erosion from, you know. You would think. Yeah. And, <laughs> you would hope. Uh, what about uh, city parks? We've you know, we had a, a round of trees getting cut down in Perry Square. And actually, it seems like it, it you know, as part of the revitalization of Perry Square, seems like they did a, a good job with that. Uh, is that what you think is happening in Gridley, maybe? It's or? likely. We haven't okay. actually heard anything official okay. um, from the city arborist uh, related to that. But it probably has something to do with safety and just kind of cleaning um things up if 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 it's been some time since those trees were maintained mm-hmm. on a regular basis it just might be um just kind of a basic uh cleanup maybe there's some disease i can't i right, honestly cannot right. speak specifically we, we do we, we have heard. been fighting some diseases though the, yeah the uh what is it the ash borer the emerald ash borer there's um 
there's actually, and I don't know if we have hemlocks in the area, but there, there's actually a something that they're fighting in Cook's Forest, which wow. could actually take out that old growth forest, one of the last oh, yeah, ones in the yeah. United States. And they're monitoring that really closely, but it has to do with kind of the, the hemlock. Um, there's elm, there's an elm blight. I mean, there's kind of multiple things. And, it, and a lot of it has to do with the changing climate. Um, yeah. So we're trying to do everything that we can to kind of mitigate the effects of climate change here in Erie County. Leanne, the, the, other, the other thing that people are really kind of up in arms about is this... Uh, the recycling thing. Mm-hmm. First off, we're you know it's it's frustrating to a guy like me who doesn't understand why we can't be self sufficient as Americans with our own um, garbage mm-hmm. that we have to sell our garbage to China. But the, beyond that, um, um, you know the idea that we can't recycle glass and and some mm-hmm. of the other things that have been restricted. Like we used to think that we can go from one to number seven, and now that's a big. No, no. Can you can you shed some light on any of that? Sure, sure. So in terms of being self-sufficient, I think that goes back to, you know, decades ago when we had other people to give our trash to. So we never built up the infrastructure. Um, and now China is saying we're not going to take your contaminated recyclables. Um, so now we are stuck dealing with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people have emailed us saying, I have all this glass and I don't want to throw it out. Is there somewhere else I can take it? And the answer right now is no. Um, I know there's a local group, um, the Erie County Sustainability Coordinator, Brittany Prishak, is working with local um, universities to look into different possible solutions. But really, the problem is the contamination um, and then the demand afterwards for glass. So through single stream collection, we're throwing everything in one box, right? Yeah. Um, You're throwing your paper, your glass, your plastic, and that was all done to get people to recycle. Yes. And, and it was wildly successful. Yes, it, it was. And now. And now, now, but people abuse the, the deal. I wouldn't say they abuse it, but sure, you're putting Just things in there that aren't. Ill-informed. I yes. Guess. Yeah. But also the regulations are changing, right? So as glass and other, as it's all thrown together, you yeah. know, the sorting process can only sort so well. So then you're coming out with glass that's contaminated a little bit of this and a little mm-hmm. bit of that. Mm-hmm. You're coming out with paper that's contaminated with a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And it's not as quality of a product to then either upcycle or recycle or reuse. Gotcha. So it's about so, the recoverability of these materials. And, now. and I guess I saw a, a statistic last night on the news that 25 percent of, of the stuff that was ending up in the recycling bag was contaminated. It was garbage, real garbage. And so they were saying you, you're better off just throwing it in the trash than putting, a, you know, a, the wrong stuff in your recycling bag or recycling bin. And, and it's sad because, again, if there's one thing that we've hung our hat on, right, in, 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 in when you think about it, cultural education, you moved mountains to get people to recycle. But now we, we really have to kind of backtrack on those three R's and you're adding a fourth. But, uh, you know, the idea of uh, reducing our footprint. Uh, honey, talk about, uh, you know, how do you and you add the, the R of refuse. You know, the idea of maybe just using less or like refusing that plastic. I've been about refusing the plastic straws or refusing the 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 the, the plastic bag. At the grocery store. I mean, we're, we're to that point now, right? Absolutely. Uh, I would also argue even before refuse is just rethink. Uh, no, so there's five R's. There's, there's a lot, a of, lot R's. of R's. <laughs> um, however, right? Uh, so you can't recycle it. 
Um, so it's even just rethinking your purchases. Uh, so what is actually more recyclable now than a glass jar is a plastic jar with a kind of a screw lid. Yeah. Um, so, for example, my partner and I were grocery shopping the other evening. We needed to pick up some pasta sauce because my son's birthday was yesterday, as a matter of fact. And he wanted lasagna for his birthday dinner. And, and so we chose the pasta sauce in the plastic jar that was recyclable over the glass jar. And that was like a number one. One yeah, something. exactly, okay. exactly. And that was not our typical behavior in the past. Um, you can kind of get into, oh, is that plastic safe um, yeah. for, you know, human consumption? I mean, that's a whole other topic for a whole other show. Um, but then, yeah, it's refusing um, straws. It's refusing bags. It's really, I mean, you just kind of. Things you don't need. Be more intentional. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, right? It's a rush, rush society. So you have to kind of step back and kind of, once again, rethink um, how you kind of operate in your daily life. Like your beverages, if you are accustomed to Mm -hmm. glass, Mm -hmm. um, I stopped using glass. And I'm back to aluminum cans. Yes. Yeah. Um, Taking your coffee cup. Uh, A reusable mug with you um, when you go, yeah, to get coffee or even Mm -hmm. some of the places will, um, like one of our local shops that does juices and smoothies, I mean, they'll put it in your reusable container as opposed to getting some uh, to-go container. So we just have to reduce our footprint. So like the recycling is like the last resort. It is now, yeah. Yeah, because it's just not a thing anymore. So boy, I, I never saw it come. I think that's what gets people kind of upset about it. It's shocking. It, it, it's shocking because we never saw it coming. We thought, man, we're, we're doing good by the environment. Look at all of the uh, plastic, uh, you know, uh, you know, floor decking that we're making and all, and all of these, uh, you know, ben- uh, park benches that we're making with recyclable materials. Um, you know, and again, when you talk about, you know, water bottles that, you know, just, there's just a bazillion of them. Yes. And they yeah. end up in the Pacific, you know. Well, they end up in our own lake. And, um, oh, that's that's another. That actually, yeah. uh, so there's a plastics researcher here in Erie County now. She was at SUNY Fredonia, um, but she's up at Penn State Barron now doing a lot of research on the Great Lakes. And she has found that Lake Erie is actually the second most polluted when it comes to plastics of the Great Lakes. Wow. Um, so we have a lot. We have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Uh, let's let's keep uh, going here uh, of, of some of the work that you've been doing. Uh, you talked about that you've been working with the neighborhoods to redeem these lots. Mm-hmm. And uh, are are you basically doing urban farming? What, what's happening in these lots? It depends on the neighborhood. So like I mentioned, in our West Bayfront area, they put in community gardens to serve Erie. Um, they also put in, you know, those square foot community beds that you can rent. Okay. Um, it really does depend on what the neighborhood wants. It's not necessarily that they want an urban farming location, but just they want this community space. They want to use it in certain ways. Um, so, for example, the demographics change when you go to each neighborhood. So keeping in mind the population that's there and what is accessible to them. So if you have an mm-hmm. elderly population, what? but they also have grandkids. So where, where can grandma and grandpa hang out that's and cool. watch the kids play? So Serve Erie is a great example of that. They put in um, a nature play space in their lot, but also some community garden beds yeah. and a bench. I noticed that, uh, what is it, Snoop's... Uh, 
put in, uh, you know, rate, they use the, um, the big troughs mm-hmm. and, and do their gardening that way. And again, it's really easy and it, it, it's not susceptible to a lot of weeds and so on. You know, it really does a good job. You guys were involved in the Destination Erie Emerge 2040 process. I want, and there's some priorities that came from that 25 year plan to kind of keep uh, our environment well. Uh, can you talk about some of your work there? Yeah, so um, I know you, when we were kind of uh, getting ready to kind of come on yeah. the air and look at that, you had talked about the um, uh, the conservancy aspect yeah. piece yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, so that specifically, uh, the Lake Erie Regional Conservancy, I believe, ha- several years ago did have something on the, kind of the, they took a vote and were able to do something to help kind of reclaim um, some green space. So that's really their wheelhouse. Okay. Um, there's not been a lot of movement on some of those initiatives as they relate to us yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, where we see as we evolve as an organization that we can start to plug in and move some of those ideas forward a little bit faster and further. So the renewable energy accelerator is mentioned in there. Yeah. And while it may not necessarily look um, lay specifically like a renewable energy accelerator. Uh, we are talking about kind of a green business incubator helping okay. to to look at some of like we just talked about, right? Recycling, glass mm-hmm. recycling, um, looking at um, reducing our impact uh, in a number of other ways. What about some of these new buildings? Are they are they coming in under the the lead? Uh, um you know, uh, some of those designations where they're they're greener buildings. Are you seeing some of that happening? I know Tom Ridge was, you know, got a got a medal for for when they built that. But that's been many years ago. And there's a lot of building going on right now. There is a lot of building going on. And so what you're actually seeing happen is sometimes those um, those certifications are cost prohibitive um, to actually get the plaque. However, um, many of the, the building projects that are happening, um, I'm I don't want to say for sure, but uh, I'm almost certain in talking with some people behind the scenes at Erie Insurance and with the St. Vincent um, project specifically that they're building to higher um, quality standards as they relate to the environment. They're just not pursuing the specific certification, certification. right? It makes sense. And and again, when when you're using newer equipment, all this equipment is going to be more efficient. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So your HVAC systems will be more efficient. Your your, uh, building materials will would be higher efficiency for yes. uh, insulation and so on. It talks about here in Destination Erie, the, the Emerge 2040 plan, this Erie Climate Action Plan. Anything about that? Oh, so, um, <laughs> and that was a short term uh, priority. Oh, it was. Anyway. It was. It's still going to. So, Environment Erie is in this co working group called Crane, the Community Resilience Action Network. Of Erie. It consists of Environment Erie, the Erie County Department of Planning, the Regional Science Consortium, Green Building Alliance. Uh, who else am I missing? Uh, D- anyway, what is it? What, what, <laughs> anyway. I'm, yeah, I'm down to about a couple minutes here. So our goal is to do an, a vulnerability assessment here in Erie of okay. what is susceptible to climate change and what's going to happen. And then uh, bring the, the assessment to stakeholders and say, as you're doing your planning at the municipal level, as you're doing this and that, here's what you need to consider as a priority in terms of the environmental impact of whatever you're doing. Um, it's not going to be a plan per se, but rather infusing these strategies into all the plans that are already out there. Is this is this something that keeps you up at night? 
climate change? Uh, yeah, it does. I mean, just, yeah, trying to, to like I said, move further faster when it relates to um, Erie County. I mean, do you to... think that we'll lose shoreline here in, uh, in Lake Erie? I think it's, uh, it's, is it already happening? I mean, our, we're kind of the erosion of mm. our bluffs. Um, is ha- I mean, the water levels have been high um, over the last several years. Um, so I think it, it's happening. What can we do to mitigate that? And I, I don't know, maybe reverse it. Uh, we're definitely trying to to come up with some solutions and then act on those well that that makes that makes a lot of sense you know um again every little bit will help um is is the money there to do the kinds of things that you want to do um you know uh i I mean because again our our state is it, it seems to be very environmentally conscious the governor certainly is um um, you know, uh, we, we really, uh, revel in, you know, our hunting and our fishing and using the outdoors. Uh, are, do you feel good about a lot of our, at least our official approaches to the environment? I feel okay about them. Uh, of course, right. When you're a nonprofit organization, uh, you're, you're always looking to diversify your funding streams and to have programming, uh, and, um, different things that you do actually have measurable outcomes. And so we're, we're just, yeah, we're, we, I feel okay about what's out there. Of course, right. The more money you have, the more you can, can do with it, the more capacity you have to address things. I mean, we're constantly getting um, requests to, to address this issue or that issue. It just becomes a capacity issue um, with a smaller nonprofit. So for us, it's being able to, to grow and meaningfully impact, um, those things related to climate and the environment here in Erie County. Let's go, th- we're, and we're down to like our last three minutes. So let's go through air, land, water. So what's what's the biggest concern that environmental environment Erie has about uh, air quality here in Erie County? There's a report today that Erie County actually does pretty well with air quality uh, compared to other counties in, in, in the in the state. It literally was in the paper this morning. Okay, I'm behind. I've not <laughs> read the papers this morning. Yeah. Um, that's a little bit of surprising for me to hear uh, because I know that you're going to soon on the program have uh, some folks from the Hold Erie Coke Accountable um, group uh, come mm-hmm. on and, and talk about that. Um, so th- there's... <laughs> There's always improvement that can be made. At the top of the show, you had mentioned leaving leaving in Erie County better than you found it. I mean, right. that's our intention, no matter what it relates to. Um, are we able to address all those program areas all the time? No, not necessarily. A lot of our work has been focused on the water um, re- and mitigating the effects of stormwater runoff um, into the lake. And so doing the rain gardens, hosting the rain water workshops. Um, doing- Do we have like hard metrics of... You know, the cleanliness of Lake Erie, the cleanliness of the bay. Are we trending in the right direction when it comes to water, for example? Um, I think we have been trending in the right direction. Uh, Now you have the concerns about the harmful algal blooms. That's not necessarily in our wheelhouse. We have the Regional Science Consortium and other folks like PAC Grant that specifically address that. Um, And that's really gross when that happens. And it's dangerous. (laughs) To dogs and to humans. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, I mean, we're always trying to do more work, 
more have more impact um, as it relates to all of those things. Mm-hmm. It just once again kind of comes comes back to a capacity issue, and and um, what we're able to fully accomplish. We don't want to start something and not be able to kind of take it mm-hmm. to its full completion. Um, what about land use? Would would you advocate for? comprehensive uh, planning to, to stop sprawl is that something that's kind of one a year uh, and i've got a minute left is one of yeah. your things so absolutely i think right there's a lot when you look at right everyone's saying we want to make area a community of choice when you look at other places across the country that are communities of choice for people for the demographic that erie county wants to attract and keep um those communities are more walkable and more bikeable mm-hmm. um so if we can help support those initiatives that are already taking place help enhance those initiatives we're all for it um, because ultimately it does reduce the environmental impact of um and it's overall health for it, humans yes. and everybody, mm-hmm. so. oh my gosh yeah right yeah. so it's kind of that overall that whole kind of comprehensive holistic approach um to people and the environment how can we improve we're out of time. I, I, I did want to tell you, it's a David Bruce story this morning. Erie Mung, uh, cleanest cities for particle pollution. Named one of the 100 cleanest U.S. cities for 24-hour particle pollution, commonly known as soot, in the American Lung Association's annual report card for air pollution. So take a, take a look at that in the newspaper. Thank you so much, Honey Stempka and Leanne Sistak from uh, Environment Erie. So much to, to contemplate. So much to uh, understand. We appreciate you sharing your expertise. And uh, again, uh, one last shout out. We got 20 seconds. Uh, what, what can that person do to just make a better uh, environment for Erie? Refuse plastic bags and pick up litter. Oh, picking up litter. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. called plogging, jogging, and picking up pollution. Oh, <laughs> my wife loves that. I, I just have to get her to wear gloves when she does it because there's so many funky things on this yes, on the roadway are. <laughs> you know what I mean? so, uh, Methodist community uh, in the city of oh, Erie oh, that is committed to inner city second. ministry uh, with us is uh, sister Pat Lupo and dr. Mike Campbell welcome we appreciate you being here thank you thank you all righty so um, well what's the story here I, I'm, I'm looking at a go Erie uh, uh, article from last week, or actually April sixteenth. Insofar as you ha- you had a you had a public meeting there where you kind of laid out the issues. Can you kind of start from the beginning of of uh, what is uh, the origination of Hold Erie Coke accountable, and what are the issues that you're having with uh, that uh, with that company? Well, Hold Erie Coke accountable is a citizen led uh, group, and um, Erie Coke permit has expired uh their title five operation permit uh and they're they're allowed to continue operating until they get a new permit the application is in um and dep has not acted on it yet before they act on it there there will be a public meeting so in august um we formed erie coke accountable to last august uh, last august 2018 because initially we thought that the um public hearing would be late fall or winter, early winter. Okay. Um, That didn't happen, but we wanted to get citizens ready so that there would be people that would be speaking out on um, issues and concerns that they have about the violations with Erie Coke, about the odors with Erie Coke. Um, So that was the main purpose uh, for the formation of the group at that time, um, to make people aware 
Avery Koch aware of the violations and let them know what they could do and how they could report um, odors or violations or concerns to the Department of Environmental Protection. And 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 uh, Dr. Mike, uh, the what do you got? What are you seeing as those violations uh, as as you see them from your perspective, or that you've been able to document? The uh, the main violations for which there is a, a long history are for their air pollution um, issues, and it's because there's a lot of technical requirements of. Um, a Title V permit, that's a big emitter. And uh, they have to monitor certain things in the plant. And, you know, there's a giant stack sort of at the center of, of the plant. And there's there's sort of a, a continuous automatic monitoring inside that. And that data is is made publicly available through the DEP's website. And uh, there is has been no lapse in the in the pollution that exceeds what they're supposed to be emitting uh, for the last two years. And every quarter, there is a a reporting that uh, and an exchange of of uh, information between Erie Coke and the DEP on these violations of the continuous monitoring, which has to do with opacity, which is the how dark the smoke is that comes I out see. the top of the stack. And so they're actually using some kind of a photocell technology to show how o- opaque the, uh, yes. the smoke is, basically? Yeah. yeah, because there's a specific mm-hmm. limit of what's allowable for a given period of time. And, and just some background, do we have another Title V emitter in Erie County that we know of? Yes. Okay, what, what, who is that? Uh, I, I know BASF, which is a chemical manufacturing company, on the Lower East Side, and uh, and I, and we haven't seen any uh, any issues with uh, the other uh, uh, Title V monitored. I think they're uh, going through some permitting issues too, but I don't think there has been the same sort of checkered history with BASF with its emissions as with Erie Coke. And mm-hmm. of course, there's a there's a deeper history here more than the. The recent years and the quarterly monitoring, uh, about 10 years ago, uh, DEP issued a shutdown order to Erie Coke, and uh, they were close to being shut down, uh, but there was a legal appeal, and the um, Erie Coke was given an opportunity to continue operating if it made certain changes to its operation, including rebuilding almost half of their Coke ovens. Oh, wow. So there should have been changes and improvements which didn't really materialize because we're sort of back to where we were again 10 years ago with the similar kinds of issues and violations. Now, uh, are what the, uh, the uh, citizen awareness that you're doing, um, is, it, uh, is there also this this kind of official awareness happening on the part of DEP or are, have you had to communicate to DEP to say, Hey, wake up, this is happening. Well, actually, um, another aspect of this is that um, Erie Coke is in what we call an environmental justice region. 
So um, that triggers a whole lot of other issues in that DEP has to actually have meetings with people living in that community so that they have a chance to um, express their concerns. So probably maybe the beginning of last year, DEP did have a couple of meetings. Uh, The last one that they had was in July. And um, our small HECA group actually formed after that meeting because we weren't pleased. There wasn't enough teeth in okay. what DEP that's, and that's what I'm was getting doing. At. That's what I'm getting at. Is like, is, is this a situation where where uh, government needs to have some kind of a uh, you know you know it's a, it's a, either the carrot or the stick you know some kind of incentive to do their job and so this citizens committee uh, has been formed to kind of make sure that DEP is staying on 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 the straight and narrow with the with this. Uh, uh, supposedly alleged violator of Title V uh, situation here. Yes, and we'd like to think, you know, that since we have formed in August and since we have, um, you know, got folks aroused and more aware, um, we're also seeing more action on the part of DEP. And we'd like to think that perhaps we're a little responsible Mm -hmm. um, for that just by pushing uh, them to look more closely. And we also, um, business leaders in the community and the Black Family Foundation and the Sierra Club have uh, provided funds so that we were able to bring uh, GASP on board. That's the Group Against Smog and Pollution uh, in Pittsburgh, who has a long history of working um, with facilities like the Coke plant. Um, And we have their attorney... Uh, actually looking at all of the um, files in Harrisburg um, related to this issue. So they're really focusing um, on the air part. And um, we also have a couple of small grants from Freshwater Future, uh, which is a Great Lakes organization. And uh, those grants are enabling us to look at some other issues of concern, which are uh, soil and water issues. And then, of course, a major issue too is human health issues. Could you explain that? When you say soil and water, again, we we, we talked about that there is actual measurement happening with the air. Um, it, are there measurements or some kind of uh, soil monitoring uh, to the condition of the soil there? I know they had some kind of a a, a leak uh, recently, correct? The the water issues are are not. Simple, but there's one similarity between the water concerns and the air concerns, and that's there's another permit at stake here. Okay. Besides the Title V air quality permit, there's also what's called an NPDES permit, which is NPDES is the um, National Pollution Discharge Elimination System. It's something that was put in effect because of the Clean Water Act. And basically, there's all people that have pollutants that go into water, or all companies that that have pollutants going into water have to have a permit to do that. And Erie Coke has a permit to discharge its uh, cooling water into Lake Erie. So that's what it is. It's for the... The cooling right. of, of the ovens. Okay. That's one thing. And then there are also stormwater management concerns that are often addressed 
concurrently with the the consideration of their NPDES permits, which also had expired over a year ago, and they have reapplied for their NPDES permits too. So, uh, why why do you think again? Uh, understanding the the past that they've had trouble with is that the reason why these permits have not been renewed that there's been this gap usually you know when i and i I, this sounds dumb but when i renew my car registration i have to do it before it expires right i mean again the average joe that's how they think uh when i renew uh, a permit to to function my you know my uh you know my, my occupancy permit or what have you uh, I got to I got to do it before it expires. It, why would there be gaps in these things? Is because because they're finding violations? You know, my experience with um DEP over the years is that there's always there's always a gap. Sometimes it's because there aren't enough inspectors, sometimes it's because there aren't enough people reviewing the permits and um this has been a long gap and we believe it's going to be even longer. Yeah. Um, because you have uh, Erie Coke now appealing, like the December um, uh, order, administrative order that um, that DEP filed, and um, so that's going before the. So they're under a remediation order right now, for, right? For which, some for some alleged violations. 50, that, there were accurate? fifty or sixty things stated in the administrative order that were okay. out of sorts that they needed to so address. So people really need to understand that part of it, is that it's not like the DEP's been sitting on their hands. They actually did an investigation before the new permit and found violations. Is that correct? Right. Well, there was a record of, of issues um, all along. Right. And several but, but new now here, ones. But now here the rubber meets the road. They, they want their permit. Right. And they're having trouble getting it because of these 50 things. These, these checkboxes. Right. And and they're, of course, since they appealed it, they're allowed to continue operating throughout the appeal process while they're still making some mistakes, you know. <laughs> okay. And, and there was a water issue. Yeah. Very recently, uh, several weeks ago, they, they have a wastewater treatment operation for their process wastewater which has a variety of contaminants of concern in it and those uh, those waters are treated and then the final treatment water is sent to Erie wastewater treatment plant through the the sewer system yeah but there have been problems that I would say are chronic for Mm. several years with what they've been sending over to Erie wastewater treatment plant okay which is a a separate issue from the NPDES so we have that issues I mentioned with so- earlier. We have issues with soil. We have issues with stormwater. We have issues with uh, the actual uh, water treatment, and we have issues with air. Right. It's and, kind of like and And here's the where gambit. there's yet another element to the water concerns. The One of their large tanks that's part of their industrial pretreatment uh, operation had a a leak in it a breach yeah and they dep had investigated and 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 erie coke patched it but then a couple weeks later the tank ruptured and there was a considerably larger release of contaminated water that ended up all over the ground and there's no containment there 
to prevent that those contaminants from penetrating into the soil and yeah. potentially into the groundwater beneath Erie Coke, which would ultimately end up in Lake Erie yeah. somewhere. So, so there's a lot of there's a lot at stake, a lot to keep you up at night. We're talking to our friends from Erie. Hold Erie Coke accountable, Dr. Mike Campbell, Sister Pat Lupo. Uh, Sister Pat, you've been you've been doing um, you know environmental uh, you, you know things for many many years, and um, is is this uh, situation uh, one of the toughest that you've seen so far? Would you say? Oh no, I I think they're all tough. You know, there's all there are always issues that need um, to be addressed. Um, you know, in the 80, there were a plethora of uh, Great Lakes issues, mm. um, you know, that we were working on. But this is definitely um, a critical issue uh, that needs to be addressed. And, um, you know, it, it's just there are just too many things that aren't being done. You know, there's not good air monitoring. There's no groundwater monitoring. No one is looking at the soil. No one is looking at the health impacts. And somehow, uh, even though this permit um, is an air quality permit, we have to get more teeth into that permit if we're going to have a plant that's able to operate um, in the city of Erie without impacting the people who live here. Yeah. I mean, when I think about all of the different things that have been turned away, you know, whether it was the tires to energy plant and and the different things, you know, that had an environmental impact that we said, you know what, that's not the best place or not, uh, uh, you know, not for our community. This one has been there for 100 years. There are family sustaining jobs that come from there. Um, You want to just hold them accountable to operate kind of the you know, stay straight and fly right. Uh, would that be an accurate exactly. assessment? Yep. yep. Um, it, now, uh, people say that, um, you know, that it, it's just kind of the cost of doing business uh, to kind of fold these violations into their business plan. What, what, what do you think of all that? Well, that's, that's what we don't want to see anymore. It, it's basically pay to pollute because it would cost more for them to correct all of the issues that result in contamination than the fines mm. to continue operating. But how can we allow that to continue when we have so many questions about the environmental effects and possible human health effects because we don't have adequate monitoring of the water or the air in how it might affect the nearby people living within several blocks or the water in the lake, which is right over the bank from from the plant. I find it interesting that this is a what you called a, a um, environmental justice location. That this that 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 district has been identified because of it's a low income. I'm, I'm sure it's a up for an opportunity zone and all that other stuff that you know that is on the positive side of where Erie is going. But this is an issue where we. You, what you guys are asking for is um, is is getting the, uh, the remediation correct, and so that they can operate in a in a safe manner for the for the residents and for the workers. Right, and it's uh, you know it doesn't just impact um, that neighborhood. Certainly, they are impacted more, but it really impacts um, the city. You know, um, both in terms of tourism, in terms of economics. Um, you know, there are, are people on 2nd um, and Cascade that are reporting 
the noxious odors as much as the people that are living on Second and Wallace. Is that right? That's wow. right. So, um, so what are the next steps? What, what are you uh, all looking for? Are you looking to Harrisburg right now? Uh, are you looking to uh, the group from Pittsburgh to, uh, to inform you? What's, what's the next steps? I'm on pins and needles to see what this permit application or per- permit renewal, the draft permit looks like. Will and there be public hearings aligned yes. with that? Yes. Okay. So, so, so you, you've been informing the public as to, you know, what their participation could be in a public hearing, correct? Correct. And um, also, I would like to see um, more business people uh, get involved and the medical community. So I think mm-hmm. we need to um, look at both of those um, pieces to see um, how we can convince them that the impact is, it affects all of us and not just one neighborhood. Interesting. Yeah, that, that, it, that it is. Uh, and, and again, uh, what I'm hearing from you is that you don't want it to close down. You, want the, you don't want the taxpayers to be held in the bag with, with somebody who walks away. Uh, we've had that actually happen multiple times in this town, hasn't it? We have, and that's what happened to the Tonawanda Coke plant. Is that right? They just decided that the cost of business was too much, and they shut down. Um, in December, January. They're still operating in Buffalo, correct? No. 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 That's the one that closed. Oh, so this is it for that company? Yes. Wow. Okay. And again, who do they sell to? What's the supply chain look like? Do you know? We're not sure. They used to sell to Ford Motor Company, which uh, I guess had an operation in Cleveland that that made engines. I see. Uh, But... uh, other than that, I, I'm not sure who they're selling to. Yeah, that's something that we're looking into. Of, of, of like who the end, the yeah. end purchaser mm-hmm. is. Okay. All right. Well, so if people want more information and, and want to be uh, notified when, uh, when the hearings happen and when you're having your uh, public information programs, uh, is there a website? What do they need to do? Yes, there's both a website and a Facebook page. Uh, it's Hold Erie Coca Conable or HECA. And if they go on either one of those sites, there's um, great information. Um, if they want to become part of our email list for events, um, they can just leave their email address and we will put them on the email list. Uh, we also put a newsletter out every three or four weeks that would keep them updated um, on things. There's a wonderful video that um, Menagerie made for us. It was uh, previewed at the um, April 16th meeting, and it's uh, six minutes, but it's very good. It gives a, a nice um, snapshot of what we're trying to do. So it, it, the, the preferred outcome is everybody wins if we can keep the plant running, but keep it running according to standard uh, and as a, as a clean uh, manufacturer and keep those family sustaining jobs. Right. And get the monitoring. Get the monitoring going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 